self-made means to me when just being your own person, having your own hustle, and just having that drive and dedication to get to that goal that you have. Did you hear this? Yeah. Do you know this song? Do you know this song? Very well. What's it called? Take this. There you go. <laughs> I fucking like your music, man. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. I like it. I appreciate that. Thank you. Andre, so, so your fans know who I am besides some... This is around the holiday season. Little Wayne will call me Santa. But... Uh, <laughs> I so I own a bunch of liquor brands. I don't know if you're familiar with Bel Air. Oh, sweet Bamboo. Do you know Bamboo or Rum? Yeah, hold on. That's what I'm drinking right now. That's what I'm drinking right now. But right. my past, my past brand. Do you remember Ace of Spades? Yeah. Oh, hold on, hold on. Wait, I'm not there too. Oh, shut up! Really? I love them. You gotta love them. Sweet. I got them all. <laughs> so I own I own a whole bunch of brands. I got a new one coming, which I'll send you when, when we launch it in January. Um, but uh, I started this series called Self Made, and I started a couple years ago. And I've had it. I'm very fortunate because I get to talk to cool ass people in sports and music, entertainment, business, uh, um, all different areas. And the thing that I've been doing it for 20 plus years. And the thing that always inspired me was hearing not about success, but about the struggle to get there, because I think everyone thinks it's easy, for it's sure. easy. Uh, and even, you know, it's amazing. Even someone like you, where I was checking it out, I remember in your draft, how many players are not playing in the NBA anymore? Quite, quite a, quite a bit right now. You know, I'm but, still hanging tough. Correct. And that's just, it's not easy. So I, I always ask everybody the same thing when I start is, what is, Andre, what does self-made mean to you? Shout out, Bel Air. Shout out, Bel Air. You know, self-made means to me even just working on your own, just being your own person, having your own hustle, uh, just making it, just making it really, doing everything it takes to get to where you need to get to, and just having that drive and dedication to get to that goal that you have. What was your, did you, when you were young, what was your goal? You still um, are, but when you were young, young. Trying to maximize my goals just to be the best person I can be. Obviously, get to the highest level of my sport, which is basketball, and I reached that. You know, I've done amazing things in this field, and uh, definitely reached my goals in terms of that. But uh, in terms of just being a better person, something you strive for every day. So, but t take me back. I I, I interviewed. Uh, uh, I'm sure you know Channing Channing Fry. Yeah, absolutely. So I talked to him last week, and I was amazed. He never thought he'd be in the NBA. He never, never. It was never a goal. Same. I mean, I think for me, uh, just to touch on that, you know, it's still surreal to me, you know, being nine years in and just being where I am now. It's just like, if you were to ask me this 10, 20 years ago, I was going to be an NBA player, I probably would have laughed at you. What, what did you, so I always tell people, I wanted to be an archaeologist. That's what I wanted to do when I was a kid. I, I wanted to grow up in because I had an aunt who, who refurbished artifacts in museums, and I freaking loved it. What did you want to be? Mine was a computer engineering. Why? I don't know. I just love computers. I love it. I love the whole software aspect of all of it, and that was it. But I was basketball took took over that. 
and and with Channing, he he was just. I'm assuming it's the same with you. He was tall, so everyone just kind of forced him into playing basketball. Yeah, well, for me, I've always had a passion for basketball. My mom was a super basketball fan growing up, a uh, big Michael Jordan fan growing up as a kid. So for me, basketball has always been a part of my life. So it was never forced for me. Uh, but it was always, I always had other things on my mind too when I was playing basketball. You know, there's other things I've always wanted to do and master. Like what? Music, for one. <laughs> and you do, we'll, we'll get to that because I want to talk about that. Who were the players you looked up to? Shaq, for sure. Uh, Sean Kemp is one of my favorite players. Uh, Kevin Durant, Dwight Howard. And that's probably it. Definitely Shaq, though, for sure, is one of my biggest people. But all, all big guys. Yeah, well, Kevin's a guard. Why them? What did they? What stood out for you with them? I mean, the reason why I like them so much is just the way they play, just how aggressive they are, just the winner's mentality that they had, and uh, just similar to my game as well, too, with the way they play. With Channing, he said he didn't even expect to be recruited in college, but you were heavily recruited. Number one. You Correct. So, so at what year did all of a sudden Jesus – basketball is is something for me now. You know, after my freshman year, I transferred high schools to St. Thomas More Preparatory. Why? And just to be challenged. I wanted to be challenged. I mean, there's no disrespect to my, my neighborhood and where I'm from. You know, I played uh, Capital Prep in Hartford, but I was uh, where I was trying to go. I knew going to a prep school would get me there faster. So I transferred to St. Thomas More. And after that summer, everything just blew up. I became the number one player in the country. Everybody knows who Andre is. I got a target on my back now. People are preparing for me before games. And after that, I was like, all right, this basketball thing might actually take me somewhere. Did you, was your, since your mom was a fan of the sport, was she supporting you in that? So funny story about that. My mom's a fan of the sport, but had no knowledge of basketball until I got to high school. She loved basketball, but didn't know anything like tactical about basketball. Like, different positions, you know, shots, et cetera, going on the list. But uh, once I got better at basketball, she became, it was night and day. Like, she knows everything. Like, in the NBA currently, she knows more stuff than I do. Like, <laughs> she knows what's going on with teams, who's getting traded, caps, value. She knows everything. Like, she's a basketball junkie right now. It, you think she is because she's being supportive of you? Do you know what I mean? Like, I think she genuinely just, genuinely just has a love for the game. And yeah. obviously being – her son playing in the NBA as well, too. Uh, that's also another incentive for her to love the sport. So you you did two years at one high school and two at the other, or one year and then three? No, I did one year at one school, then I did uh, two more at the my last high school. I graduated as a junior. And how did you decide to do that? It was too easy. <laughs> it really? Was, yeah, you know, after my junior year, I was uh, – projected in the NBA mock draft. And after that, I was like, all right, this is getting crazy. Like now I'm on the leaderboards for NBA drafts. I'm 16, 17 years old. I haven't even touched a college campus yet. I don't know anything yet. What does that feel like? It's it's such a, it's a crazy feeling just being like a, a rock star in high school. I mean, like these kids now, like it, it's like, it's blowing up way more. Like kids now high school are way more blown up than how I was. But uh, for me, being a kid from Middletown, Connecticut, and having that much publicity, and it's never been a thing for that city, it was just crazy for me. Who who kept you honest? My mom. My mom. She definitely was the my biggest supporter and my biggest critic as well, too, making sure she kept me humble and uh, down to earth. 
And even to this day, she still does it, slaps you upside my head every now and again, too. No, that's good, though. You want that, right? So you want I, that. You need somebody to keep you honest. So um, who – do you remember back – I'm just I'm, – I'm my own sheer curiosity. Did you think you were good, or did it take you playing somebody who you had known or heard was really good, and then you were like, you know, shit, I can do this? I knew I was good when other schools were making, like, hate banners about me and, like, joking, like, just booing me when I was in the arena or just making me feel like shit, just talking shit to me all game. You know, that's it. If there, I, if there is... I must be pretty good if I have all of these people trying to distract me at one time. So now, now uh, recruiting comes. You had planned, if I read correctly, you had planned to go... Uh, you actually you announced on Twitter, right? Yeah, I announced on Twitter. I was going to UConn. The story behind that it was actually pretty crazy. Uh, I'll give you the brief version of it. So pretty much, I graduated high school as a junior. I had a de- I had a decision to make either to go back to high school, finish my last year, or go to college. And you know, it was just a back and forth between my family and I, trying to figure out what what's best for me and what's best for you know basketball and. I think going back to high school would have been, you know, it'd have been bad for me because it would have been too easy. I'd have been out of my game and everybody's seen me at my peak already. So why not capitalize on it? So now the next issue was finding out what school I was going to. So we've never talked about schools. I have every school in the country who's written me a letter and they have no idea that I'm interested in going to college now. <clears throat> so now, uh, you know, I'm sitting there with my mom, my aunts, my uncles, we're all just sitting there trying to figure out what we're doing. And obviously I'm, a kid from Connecticut, so why not go to UConn? So I try to call the coaches and say, hey, uh, I'm trying to commit. And mind you, don't. there's a week before school starts, so this is like the end of August, right before Yeah, yeah, yeah. Start. So I'm trying to call coach. I'm like, hey, uh, I'm trying to come to school. No answer. I try to call Jim Calhoun. No answer. This is the year they won, too. So they're still, like, celebrating a little bit, trying to get themselves back in the rhythm. So I'm calling everybody. Nobody's answering. Nobody's answering. So I'm like, all right, how am I going to commit to this school? <laughs> I said, you know I'm You're going, kidding. I'm going to the internet. I was like, I was like, fuck it. I'm going to the Because internet. everyone assumed you weren't gonna go. Yeah, nobody knew what I was doing. Nobody had no idea what I was doing. So I went I went to Twitter and I said I'm officially announcing myself as Yukon Husky. And I think like fifty seconds later I got a barrage of phone calls from everybody from the University of Connecticut. They always oh, just for real, is this for real? Like what's going on? Uh they finally got a hold of Coach Calhoun. I told him I wanted to come to school. And uh he was like, Yo, we'd love that, but there's one hiccup. We have no more scholarships. Shut up. <laughs> so, you know, just me taking a chance to myself and betting on myself, I said, all right, forget it. I'll just pay for school. So right now, I think as of today, I am the best walk-on in college history. You're kidding. So yes. you they had no idea. Nothing. You just announced I'm going there, and that's that was the, that was, they called now, you and said, Is this shit real? Yeah, <laughs> that was pretty much what happened. That's amazing. Crazy. That's amazing. Plus, you were on Twitter before everybody. That's a long time ago. Yeah, making making plays. Making plays. <laughs> Are you happy you went to Connecticut? Absolutely. Definitely. If I could do it again, I'll do it again. So so I'll, I'll take you. I'm going to compare you to Channing because, again, I just spoke to him last week. He went all four years. That, doesn't, yeah. that never fucking happens. Not anymore, at least. <laughs> well, I wouldn't even say even back then it didn't. And he wouldn't have changed a thing. Do you regret not staying longer? Yeah, that's one thing I do regret. I wish I did two years. But uh, 
due to some violations UConn had, they were out of the yeah. tournament. That's kind of my decision on why I left so early. Was that Calhoun's last year? Yeah, I had Calhoun's last year. That was his last year. Are you? Did you? Did you go to you go to Connecticut because it's home? Did you go to Connecticut because they just won? Did you go because of Calhoun? It was home, and my family was, you know, in Connecticut, so I wanted them to see me play. I mean, it's, it was huge for me. Again, like a kid from Milltown, Connecticut. I don't, I've never seen anything like this in my life. I've never had anybody, you know, want to have me as a player. So just to have all this happen and UConn being in my back door and them being one of the best teams in college basketball was just another incentive to stay home. Um. So I, I'm always struck by when talking to athletes, you can you could have stayed in high school and dominated. You could have gone to any other school and dominated, but you're choosing difficult paths. Is it is it primarily because you're trying you think I have to compete with the best in order to get better? There's that mentality? Yeah, I mean that's that's just how I was brought up as a kid. You know, I played with the older kids growing up. You know, my travel basketball, I never played with my age group. I've always played with the 17s when I was 13, 14, 15 years old. Uh just when you play with someone who's better, better than you, you'll always find a way to either surpass them or get just as good. Where does that come from? It's the mentality. My mom just watching her drive and just watching how she's fought for everything. So why can't I do the same? It's been better than me. So um, up until you decided to declare for the draft, what what were your struggles? Up until up until the draft, I was in I was in a pretty good space until I got to the draft is when I started getting nervous. Why? Uh, when I got to the draft, you know, I was told I was going top five and then to fall to nine, it was a little rocky for me, but, you know, gratefully, the, uh, I worked out for Detroit the night before the draft, and they told me if I did fall down to nine that I would have a home. So for me, either way, I knew I was getting drafted, but just that anticipation, like, okay, maybe I might be going to one of these five teams first or I'm going to Detroit. So this that whole process was crazy. What was the rap at the time? Say it again? What was the rap at the time in the sense of why why you out outside the top five? Uh, I mean, nobody really knows why. I mean, if, if you go down the draft, I mean, Anthony Davis is number one. Yep. Michael Chris was two. Uh, Brad Beal was three. Deion Waiters was four. Thomas Robinson was five. Dane Little was six. Harrison Barnes was seven. Terrence Ross was eight. And I was nine. So, how, how, why do you know it by heart? Why? Because, yeah, yeah, so they'll never forget. It's is it, is it, is it more, say again, it's probably one of the greatest moments of my life. Is it? Do, do you also remember it because it's it's motivating? Because I want to do better than those guys ahead of me. I want to prove something. Not even that. I think for me, the reason why it was so motivating for me was like I've seen the draft since I was a kid. I've seen guys coming to the NBA and not pan out. I think for me, my motivation was to prove everybody wrong. Why did why I should have been drafted higher? Was that the first time you had to prove that though? When you no, think about it, myself my whole life. So that's why. Why though? Why? Whoever wants to see anybody win and mean it. <laughs> I'm I'm guessing to prove yourself. There's this this thing in the NBA right now. It's not right now. It's been true. True <coughs> centers is not the focus of the sport. What do you say to shit like that? For me, I'm not worried about that. I've made it this far, so it's just adjusting to the game. I think for me, defensively, it won't really matter because I do guard one through five anyways. 
And offensively, it's just changing some parts of my game, which is shoot, being able to shoot that corner three at at least a 35% clip and just being able to handle the ball and transition to create the offense. And I already do that as is. So it's just getting better at shooting and just staying current with the game. How do you stay motivated in the NBA? You never know when it's your last day, so you try to take it as serious as possible each and every day. Do, do you have a? Do you have a? Uh, you don't have to, but do you have a plan? Like I talked to Muggsy Bobes. Do you remember Muggsy? Absolutely. Um, and just listening to him, he had a his plan was to play like seventeen years. Like that was his plan. He knew yeah. what he wanted to do. Like, do you have a? Is there a plan for you? Um, uh, plan for me, I think when. When I when I'm no longer like useful to a team is when I'll stop playing. I think that's my thing. So however long that may be, <laughs> is how long I play for. But after basketball, you know, I have so many things in the works that I'll always be busy. It won't just be me being retired and you know becoming fat. I'm always going to have something to do. I just have that workers mentality. You've got the drive. You have that drive. Um. Do players, I'll ask you, but then in, in a general question, I'm curious, do you ever talk to yourself or other players about who you think you could play well for? Who do you think would understand the value that you bring? No, we don't really have those conversations. I mean, I mean, between friends, probably like with your, with your close friends, you probably have those like fun conversations with, but I don't think with other players would do that. Not at all. Doesn't happen. Yeah. Are you excited about the upcoming season? Are you nervous? Very. No, I'm, I'm excited. I'm ready to play. I mean, I'm, I'm sick of working out. I'm ready to play five on five. Um, where are you now, literally, physically? I'm in, I'm in Cleveland right now as we speak. Getting ready for the season? Yeah, getting ready. We uh, start training camp on Friday. So how do you, you know, with all this shit that happened with you over the past six months or so with the trade and opting in on the contract, Again, going through that whole experience, is it now, you know, I just got to focus on me. That's all I can control. Yeah, at the end of the day, that's all you can control. I mean, we can't do anything about what's what's going on with the pandemic. So passions, music is a passion. It is. How did that start? Uh, my grandma had me in the choir as a little boy, so I was singing for as long as I can remember. What do you want to do with music? What's the goal? I think my my goal is not a hobby for me. So my goal is to master everything I touch. And me doing music now, I'm only trying to get better and better and take it as far as God lets me take it. So I talked to Rick Ross before I, I called him and told him I was going to talk to you. And he mm -hmm. said he, he, he refers to me as the plug. So he wants me to plug. He wants me to introduce you to him. So I'm going to make that happen. That'd be so great. There's no, one, there's no one better in music than Ross. Absolutely. But, to me, when I look at your TikTok and when I see you doing music and doing videos, you're fearless. You don't care, do you? At all. No, I don't. Why? Because to me, I that's the best – to me, that's the – I'm a business person, and if, if I ever work with people, whether it's artists, uh, entertainers, I want people who are fearless. Where do you get that? I, I don't know. That's just how I am. I just don't care. I, I'm not used to, like, when I first, like, started putting my music out publicly, I was a little nervous about what songs I put out or what particular sound I let out. But, you know, as the years went on, I just had the who gives a shit mentality. I mean, I, I love the music, and 
people, all people aren't going to love it, but some people will. So I'll take it. And, and doing the skits on TikTok, doing anything you want, I don't care. You know what? If it feels good, I'm going to do it. Absolutely. I mean, my music is feel good music. So like those, the videos I do are genuine reactions, like how I'm moving around in the video. Like I, I feel my music. So that's why it comes out and looks so good. Why do you think people react to you? Because you have a tremendous following. You have a tremendous following. Why do you think people react? I think it's just my, my personality and the stuff that I'm talking about in my music. It's relatable. You know, I, I think for me, when I do music, I try to keep it as relatable as possible because it's already tough for me as a basketball player to grab the attention of somebody who doesn't know I do music. But if I'm putting stuff out that people can relate to and have a great time listening to, the beats are always good and the, the lyrics are always up to par as well, too. Uh, there's no reason why you shouldn't listen. So big picture, do you got a goal with music? Supposed to be the biggest star in sports history. <laughs> It, but uh, so is it producing your own tracks, producing for others, doing both? I think probably both. I've written a few songs to people too. So, who do you think oh. is the in the in the sports music space? Who's the has been the best crossover to date? Just discluding myself. Yeah. All right. Cool. <laughs> uh, definitely Dame Lillard, Iman Shumpert, uh, Miles Bridges is one. Lou Williams. Mm, let's see. Dwayne Bacon does music too. Uh, shoot, can't cannot cannot forget Marvin Bagley. Marvin Bagley's up there for sure too. Uh, I'm throwing myself in there anyways, even though you said I couldn't. No, but so how do you again? I see that as you know that's the next stage, right? It's it's if you're drafted ninth, you know you want to prove yourself. If you want to continue to prove yourself every day, now you got to prove yourself in in a different sport music you know what i mean you got to show that you can do this out about lonzo forget forgive me for that oh really lonzo balls does music too we're not talking about Shaq right now we're talking about currently yeah 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 yeah. i know if you guys want to go on a list of rappers in nba there's a lot of them those are people that came to mind first no 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 that works that works um do you see that as the next big obstacle for you is convincing people you know what this guy is a musician this is what he is I don't think so for for two reasons. One, I think I've went through that phase already where it's like trying to convince people. It's more of just putting more content out now. Yeah. I feel earlier on, it was a little difficult for me to get people to, to you know, catch their attention because I still didn't know what I was doing and what sound I liked. So it was really difficult for me to catch somebody's attention. But now I know exactly what I want to put out and what I want to sound like. And people love it. No, I think it's great. I interviewed uh, Tyrese. And I was telling my daughter, who's 21, I'm interviewing Tyrese, and she, he's like, she goes, oh, the actor, right? I said, yeah, he's also he's a, like, a singer. He, that's where he started. She's like, I didn't know that. Like, but that, that's a positive. Like, he was able to, 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 to do two major things in his life, which is mm-hmm. amazing. You can't, that's very hard, hard to do. Very hard to do. Ridiculous. What other passions do you have? Uh, the passion I have is acting. Acting, I definitely love, you know, TV and film. Uh, I take classes for it as we speak, too, so I'm only getting better at that. Uh, I've done a few films where I've been on different TV shows, so just being in front of a camera is my my thing. That's awesome. That's awesome. Any other goals? Any other goals for, for Andre? Just maximizing my potential in everything I do. How about this season? 
this season, I'm just looking forward to having a great year with the guys that I have. Uh, we have a young team, really young team. So that's yeah. good get these guys to really get up and going and get their motors going and have a great start to the year. That's uh, it's awesome. Um, Andre, before we go, I got, I do this quick, quick word association. I'm asking a couple of things. Just give me one word. All right. All right. One word. <laughs> Middletown. Connecticut. Yukon. Huskies. Pistons. Detroit. The Cavs. Cleveland. <laughs> Your favorite artist. Chris Brown. Best rebounder in the NBA ever. Andre Drummond. <laughs> Family. My mom. Music. Pop. Basketball. Dunking. All right. Andre, love talking to you. Anything I can do in the music space or, or the space I'm in, please, I'm all in. I'll help you Absolutely. in any possible way. Um, it's great to hear your story. Uh, I get and see why you're successful both in sports and outside and why you have such a, such a huge following. It's awesome. I appreciate and it. I, I tell people, you know, I tell people all the time, be fearless. Don't care. Uh, that's, that's the problem is, is when you, when you think too much, you lose the opportunity, you miss it. Uh, <laughs> Ross, what's up? Ross, what up? What up? Is, that, is he listening? He told you to plug. <laughs> that's right. But I'll hook you up. We'll all go to Atlanta together. We'll put, we'll, we'll put some music together. Right. Absolutely. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Everybody. Thank you for participating. Thanks, Andre. Take care. Have a appreciate great it. season. Pleasure. Thank you. <laughs>